mystery in our history. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mystery in Our History podcast, where we take an in-depth look at all things urban legend and conspiracy theory related and how they came to be. I'm J.R. Supa, that's Chris Barry, and we have another conspiracy pasta for you this week. You guys ready? I hope so. There's a lot of pasta. Hold I don't on. know how much of it's going to stick. Well, the first pasta that we have is technically not a pasta. It's it's actual declassified government secrets. Mm, that's they're just interesting. Really, they're either like super eerie, super terrifying, or super messed up, or just hilarious. Um, so we're gonna go through those. I'll read them off, and then I'll let Chris make this sound over and over. Uh, again. <laughs> I hate that you have that on there. Huh? <laughs> oh, fun. This is going to be fun, everyone. It's going to be great. Yep. The the more I get used to the new studio, the more toys I have. So fun. You just have the dumbest sound clips of me going, (laughs) My favorite is personally. Huh? Uh, It reminds me of um, the sound clips they use of the guy bathing in the trough, the 600-pound guy, who's just like, Just like. My 600-pound life. Yeah, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yes, about. Yes, I do. That that yeah. whole, uh, anyway. That that's so that's such a messed up show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Declassified government secrets number one. The Nixon administration had a speech prepared for if the moon landing had failed. That's juicy. Yes, and I have it here, so I'm going to read it to you. It's only like a page and a half. It's. To H.R. Haldman from Bill Sapphire, July 18, 1969. In event of moon disaster. Fate has ordained that the men who went to the moon to explore in peace will stay on the moon to rest in peace. These brave men, (laughs) Neil Armstrong, Edwin Aldrin, know that there is no hope for their recovery, but they also know there is hope for mankind in their sacrifice. These two men are laying down their lives in mankind's most noble goal, the search for truth and understanding. They will be mourned by their family and friends. They will be mourned by their nation. They will be mourned by the people of the world. They will be mourned by Mother Earth that dared send two of her sons into the unknown. In their exploration, they stirred the people of the world to feel as one In their sacrifice, they bind more tightly the brotherhood of man. In ancient days, men looked at stars and saw their heroes in the constellations. In modern times, we do much the same, but our heroes are epic men of flesh and blood. Others will follow and surely find their way home. Man's search will not be denied. But these men were the first, and they will remain the foremost in our hearts. For every human being who looks up at the moon in the nights to come will know that there is some corner of another world that is forever mankind. And then it goes on to say, prior to the president's statement, the president should telephone each of the widows-to-be. 
after the president's statement at the point when NASA ends communications with the men, a clergyman should adopt the same procedure as a burial at sea, commending their souls to the deepest of the deep, concluding with the Lord's prayer. End of memo. Damn, dude. Yeah. Jeez. But I guess you never really think about that as just like, you know. Like you have to have a backup. Yeah, right. Because like what if something didn't go smoothly? Like you need to you need to let everyone know. Like It's like it I, and I hate I hate equating it to this because I think it's uh, it shouldn't be. <laughs> but it's the it's the best analogy I have. I think of it as like the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You have to have T-shirts made Super Bowl champion for both teams. Yeah, either team can win, but then all those T-shirts, like you have to have a contingency plan. All those T-shirts, I think, get donated to like third world countries. At the end of the day, they get sent. Yeah, off I'm almost to, positive that's the like, case. Yeah, yeah. Um, either Africa or the Caribbean or South America or wherever. But um, it's just so like nobody really stops to think about it. That like you have to prepare for both scenarios, and that yeah. that speech is like, could you imagine? Like, how different would the world be today if that was the speech that was given? Right. If we had audio of of that just kind of like lingering around, it's just the mood that would be set mm-hmm. after a speech like that. You know, just defeat and sadness, really. Well, because don't forget, like if 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 something went wrong and they just couldn't get home as opposed to a disaster with the shuttle itself, right? Right. This is in the event that they landed on the moon and couldn't get back. So there's still contact with them, which means they're going to have final words to relay to their families. Depressing. Yeah, that's very depressing. Yeah. Ugh. All right, well, let's get yeah, off depressing. That. Let's get off depressing. <laughs> At least a bad taste. Yeah, yes. let's, let's. I want to talk to you about Operation Midnight Climax. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Which I know it, it sounds like an airport novel. <laughs> yeah, I like mean, a, it, it's a just... sexy spy novella. <laughs> <laughs> like an X-rated, an X-rated 007 book. Just like a like a like a, a romantica novel that, yes. that uh, a lonely wife would read during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but Operation Midnight Climax was an operation initially established in 1954 by Sidney Gottlieb, and placed under the direction of the Federal Narcotics Bureau in Boston, Massachusetts, with the officer George Hunter White under the pseudonym of Morgan Hall for the CIA as a sub-project of Project MKUltra, the CIA mind control research program that began in the 50s. The project started in 54 and consisted of a web of CIA-run safe houses in San Francisco, Marin County, California, and New York City. It was established in order to study the effects of LSD on unconsenting individuals. Prostitutes hmm. on the CIA payroll were instructed to lure scientists or clients back to the safe houses, where they were uh, surreptitiously plied with a wide range of substances, including LSD, and monitored behind one-way glass. No kidding. Yep. Every one of these acts was blatantly illegal. If you had not come to that conclusion yeah. already, 
um, several <laughs> significant operational techniques were developed in this theater, including extensive research into sexual blackmail, surveillance technology, and the possible use of mind-altering drugs in field ops. Damn. Yes. Damn. That's, uh... I mean, I, I know they've done very sketchy things like this before in the past, too. Um, drugging gets, people. By the or way, like, it gets better. Oh. Yeah. Like, it gets... So, Operation Midnight Climax was expanded. Oh. After the f- initial results of all this illegal shit that they were doing. Oh. Because I, I think a were, lot of people... I think a lot of... Uh, not Maybe not a lot of people, but I think... Some people know about Midnight Climax. They might not have known that was the name where prostitutes were drugging people with LSD. Yeah. It was expanded, and the CIA operatives began dosing people in restaurants, bars, and beaches. The safe houses were dramatically scaled back in 1963 following a report by CIA Inspector General John Ehrman. Ehrman? Ehrman? I don't know. Which strongly recommended closing the facility. San Francisco safe houses were closed in '65. New York safe houses were closed in '66. Damn. Yeah, dude. Could you imagine just being in a restaurant and being like, "Oh, here's your here's your salmon, sir. By the way, have some LSD." <laughs> yeah, and you just, dude. It, here's the thing: it's like, uh, you know, um, back in the day, definitely not anymore. Uh, when I would take some sort of psychedelic, I would make sure that I was in a safe, good environment. I was in a good mood, a good place mentally to take a psychedelic like that. You always have to have a safety safe, a safety safe. Got to have it. Yes. Got to have a safety safe. I couldn't imagine being out during a work day or whatever, or just like having a bad day out there. And then suddenly oh getting drugged. God, could you imagine, dude? You had the shittiest day. You're out with your girlfriend at a restaurant. You're like, this is the the this is the night. Like, I just need to unwind. Ugh, such a shitty day, right? And you're just like yeah. unloading all your problems. You're venting, and then all of a sudden, you are literally high on LSD. Yep. Yeah, it kicks in, and you are just tripping balls in the middle of a restaurant after just having the shittiest day. No way, dude. No way. That ugh, would be terrible. That's... Ugh. <laughs> ugh. And, then, and then somebody's just watching you too the entire time. Oh my god, yes! They're recording the whole thing! Yeah. They're studying yeah, so, you like a lab rat. So it just goes forever. It's just, it's, it exists forever. Oh, that's the worst. Awful. Alright, next... Um, declassified government secret. When the space shuttle Challenger was destroyed, it was reported that all seven astronauts were killed instantly. It was revealed decades later that some, if not all of the astronauts survived the initial explosion as the cockpit cabin had enough protection not to be breached for two minutes and 45 seconds. They were awake and aware as they plummeted towards the Atlantic Ocean. Understandably, NASA knew the news of their terrifying death would have crippled the space program even more than it already was, which is why they made that shit up. Yeah, and um, if I'm not mistaken, isn't there recordings of them talking to these guys while they're, like, going down? Probably. Yeah. 
I thought I thought I I'm thought sure, I'm about sure there are. If I mean, if this if this came out and it was declassified, then I'm sure that the actual tapes were declassified as well. Yeah, yeah, I believe because because they're talking to men that they know are going to die in a couple minutes, yeah. and uh, it's grim. It's grim. This was also the um, this was also the crash where like the limbs of the bodies kept washing ashore, right? Yes. Like they tried to recover as much as they could, but they obviously couldn't get it all. So like over time, limbs would keep washing up. Yeah. So I I have, I have some show and tell for you, Chris. Okay. Oh yeah. This is my Superman Funko pop. Okay. I, my, I mildly collect these, not like heavily, but I do love certain ones. I love. Yeah. But could you imagine just we'll just leave him right here for now. Could you imagine one of these that look like Osama bin Laden? <laughs> uh, could I imagine it? I mean, I don't want to, but yes, I could imagine it. Well, it's not so far fetched, is my point. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's horrible. The plan, Devil Eyes, after 9 11 was uh, to make toy figurines that look like Osama bin Laden and give them to kids in South Asia. After it's left in the sun for a certain amount of time, the face would peel off to reveal a demon-like visage with red skin, green eyes, and black markings. Basically, a demon. The objective was to scare kids and their parents so bin Laden and Al-Qaeda would lose support. It was an actual plan. That's so a legit stupid. government program. That's stupid. Here, I got a more effective, cheaper government program than that, right? Here, here it goes. I'm a government guy. Tell your kids Osama's a dick. <laughs> Done. How about, <laughs> like, how about here's $1,000 US? Yeah. Osama sucks, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hell, a thousand dollars, just like ten bucks each. Probably cost less to to produce those damn things. That's so stupid. Tell your kids he sucks. Isn't it awful? Boom. That's awful. God, his face would melt to reveal a demon. Uh-huh. The skin Ridiculous. would melt and the face would peel off. Ridiculous, yep. dude. All right, next one. All right. In 1984, a psychic remote viewed the planet Mars for the CIA. In his remote view, he asked to travel. He's asked to travel backwards to several points in time in Mars history, and several points of interesting of interests using coordinates. The psychic ends up describing things like some sort of planetary catastrophe, strange structures, including pyramids and the strange inhabitants on the red planet. Whether you believe in aliens or conspiracy theories or not, it's definitely weird that an official branch of the government has run experiments like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, that's a whole conspiracy in itself, man. I don't know if you've ever seen that Mars used to be a living world. Um, um, I've heard of the conspiracy, and that is something that we're going to tackle. Yeah, yeah, basically. like that's something that it, I'm interested in, in doing yeah, a whole episode yeah, on. Apparently it has like the structure on it that like used to hold water and used to have an atmosphere and uh, now it's just a dead planet. Mm -hmm. Um, So that wouldn't shock me. And I think I mentioned before too, um, 
that Mars has uh, pyramids that line up with ours. Yes, I think we talked about that in our Aliens or one of our episodes. Yeah. Or you might have yeah. just mentioned it to me in passing, and this is the first time we're talking about it on air. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, um, man, pyramids are just one of those things. Um, it, it It's crazy because it's one of those things that they're all over the world, different places of the world. Some of them line up like the, uh, the Great Pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, uh, they, they, they have the same shape and build, um, but they're just at different parts of the world. Like some pyramids are, um, ha- God, how to explain it. Best way I can explain it is they, they, they just look like a giant set of stairs mm-hmm. instead of like a, like a smooth pyramid. Yeah, like the Mayans. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, it, but they have those replicated around the world, almost built exactly the same. But these civilizations didn't talk to each other. Yeah, we. I think we covered or, as that far one. as we know. I think we covered that one in Ancient Aliens. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we uh, yeah. Briefly, aliens. yeah. We talked but, about uh, there were two South American cultures that had like no way of being able to be in communication with each other, um, and ended up like building the same shit. Yeah, essentially, it's crazy, right? Yeah, they were definitely talking. We just don't know how. Yep, they had to have been. All right, this one, this next one. Is mm-hmm. quite possibly my favorite <laughs> because the Central Intelligence Agency, operative word, obviously being intelligence, invested millions of United States dollars trying to make cats <laughs> spies. Cat. Cats, as in meow, meow, right, meow. Uh, uh, and hold on, you said what? What are they called? The Central Intelligence Agency. I thought that stood for uh, Clowns in America. After no, this. no, no, no. It's 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 still it's still the CIA. Cat spies. Yeah, cat, cat spies. spies. Central Cat. I'm sorry, Cat Intelligence Agency. Yes. <laughs> It is the project name was Acoustic Kitty. Acoustic Kitty. Acoustic Kitty, which, by the way, phenomenal ska band name. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah. Or like, punk, I would go with that. Hard punk, Acoustic Kitty. No, no, not punk. Ska. Acoustic Kitty, ska. Yeah, you could do ska or folk. Oh yeah, folk. Acoustic, yeah, okay. So yes, Acoustic Kitty was. <laughs> A CIA project launched uh, in the 60s and intended to use cats to spy on the Kremlin and Soviet embassies. In an hour-long procedure, a veterinary surgeon implanted a microphone in the cat's ear canal, a small radio transmitter at the base of its skull, and a thin wire into its fur. That seems really cruel. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This would allow the cat to innocuously record and transmit sounds from its surroundings. Due to problems with distraction, the cat's sense of hunger had to be addressed in other operations. In another operations. (laughs) Wait, cats weren't reliable? Yeah, go figure, right? Uh, Victor Marchetti, a former CIA officer, said that Project Acoustic Kitty cost about... Do you want to take any guesses? Oh, God. Uh... Let's say, let's say, sixty-four million. No, less, okay. less, less, less. Twenty-four million. 
less. Okay. Five. Much more. Okay, I give up. Twenty million dollars. Twenty million? Okay. Twenty that million too far with US dollars. Oh, that's a lot though. Yep. And wait, when was this? Uh the sixties. So right in the yeah. middle of Cold War. So that was that was real money. Oh yeah, it was real yeah, it was it was post World War II money. Uh, the first Acoustic Kitty mission was to eavesdrop on two men in a park outside the Soviet compound in Wisconsin Avenue, on Wisconsin Avenue in Washington, D.C. Okay. So it's, oh, <laughs> the cat was. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't read this one. Uh-oh. I didn't read this far. Oh, what happened to the cat? The cat was released nearby, but was hit and allegedly killed by a taxi almost immediately. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's dude, that's millions. terrible. Dude, that's like the equivalent of shooting down a plane. Yeah, right. Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, my God. In, like, the Second World War. Like, that's the equivalent of shooting down a plane. Um. Oh, that's so funny. So funny. That's ridiculous, The dude. best part? Hold on. When did this start? It just says the 60s. Because it was the project was canceled in 1967. 67? Oh, yeah, it's sweet Jesus. That's amazing. All right, let's talk Jeez. about... I know. Let's talk about Operation Northwoods. A plan for a false flag operation that came from the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Department of Defense in 1962. This was given to JFK, who turned it down. Thank God. Because the plan... Yeah called for the CIA to commit terrorist actions against United States civilians across the United States and frame Cuba, allowing us the right to invade and depose Castro and the communist government there. It was declassified and can be found online at the JFK library. In other words, our government, the United States government, wanted to kill Americans and just blame it on Cuba. Oh, dude, I don't even consider the CIA to be American anymore. Like, with the stuff that they've done through the history, I would say they're their own shadow operative at this point because they definitely don't act with any oversight to the government anymore. No. Like, they, they, they don't answer to anyone. They answer to themselves, and they do what they want. And uh, and there's a lot crazy. of, I mean, there's a lot of shit that they've done and I, I I'm not going to get into all of it, but like the CIA has done awful shit. Like the Tuskegee airmen and giving people syphilis yep, or sickle yep. cell or whatever they gave them. Oh, yeah. Like it's just, they're, they're a shitty, shitty organization. Yeah. And um, uh, I do believe two days before JFK was assassinated that he, he vowed to break up the CIA into millions of splinters or something like that into the wind. How and then, convenient. Uh, and then he ended up dead somehow. Yeah, I don't know convenient. how. Uh, I mean, well, one I guy mean, did it. Yeah, it was just a it was a magic bullet. Yeah, one uh, guy well, did it. That'll be. Don't worry. That that episode's coming. <laughs> right. Let's talk. I think we talked about this once before. The Gateway Project. Army intelligence's uh, look into the feasibility of remote viewing and astral projection for military use, and obviously whether it's even even exists. Now, take it with however much salt you want, but clearly the group tasked with the report thought it was credible 
And the army apparently did train a gateway task force for intelligence. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So this was just re- remote viewing again? Uh, yes. No, yeah. this was this was like Stargate SG-1. Okay. Like yeah, gateway. I definitely talked about that. Yeah, before. like gateway, and we actually, I have um, a, a memo um, that was sent, but it is extremely long. I don't even know how many pages it is, so I'm gonna I'm gonna provide a link to it. It's actually a link from the CIA website because it's declassified. You get to see it. It's not like okay. redacted or anything. Um, but it is the subject is analysis and assessment of gateway process. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> From the CIA yeah. to the commander of the United States Army. Yeah, like I said, I, I uh, I've heard rumor and conspiracy of there being a Stargate existing in the Middle East, which is why we're always over there because we want it for ourselves. Um, but again, I don't have uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't have much uh, evidence on that either. So I'd like to dive into that a little more too one day. Yeah, that'd be a fun one. Um, all right, let's talk about the CIA's family jewels and not their balls. Uh, why not? Because these family jewels are a collection of all the fucked up shit that the CIA did during the Cold War. Highlights include sexually assaulting prisoners to make them more likely to fail a lie detector test and the various wiretaps and standing orders to read all mail to and from Russia. Uh the link document itself has an actual table of contents. The link is in the bio. You guys can peruse um, whatever subject strikes your fancy. But we'll be here for like three hours. This will be a Joe Rogan podcast if we were to do that whole thing. Yeah. And uh, just just to be clear, I think I think we should just talk about their balls for a second. They're- okay. I mean, they got pretty... I I disagree. I think they have pretty big balls to do all the shit that they've done. Yeah, I guess. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, they got big balls to do it. Big and balls, then once... teeny pee pee. Yeah. Well, if they ever get caught, man. Uh, God, who was it? There is a quote, I believe, from George H.W. Bush. That's the first Something one. Something along the line. The, the first one. Okay. Something along the line of Barbara, if the American people knew what we'd done, we would be hanging from lampposts or something like that. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's pretty serious. And then um, there's the another one. Was no joke, dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, there's another one. I forget who says it, but there's another politician talking about doing shady shit and and being hung by the people if if ever found out. It's just like, then stop. Yeah, stop <laughs> just, doing shady shit. Just just stop then. It's you know? crazy. It's very crazy. Yeah. Uh, let's very talk about crazy. Operation Mockingbird. Okay. Okay. Operation Mockingbird is an alleged large-scale program of the United States Central Intelligence Agency that began as early as the 1950s and attempted to manipulate news media for propaganda purposes. It funded student and cultural organizations and magazines as front organizations. According to writer Deborah Davis, Operation Mockingbird uh, recruited 
leading American journalists into a propaganda network and oversaw the operations of front groups. CIA support of front groups was exposed after 1967. Ramparts Magazine article reported that the National Student Association received funding from the CIA. In the 70s, congressional investigations and reports also revealed agency connections with journalists and civic groups. None of these reports, however, mentions by name an Operation Mockingbird according to supporting these activities or coordinating or supporting these activities. Um, it is, however, mentioned in the Family Jewels report compiled in the mid-1970s. Uh-uh. Yes. Uh, event, evidently, Project Mockingbird also involved a wiretapping of two American journalists for several months in the 60s. So, you know, First Amendment, we can throw that one out the window. Yeah, right. Well, on top of that, I mean, I hate to be the guy that says it, but, like, isn't that still what's going on? What? Isn't that what's still going on? Like, I basically heard that the the, the media news is controlled. Um, and that propaganda is being pushed. I don't... Isn't that, to a degree, still what's going on? I don't know, man. I it's it's hard to say that the media is being controlled per se. I would say more that each media outlet and network has their own agenda and they are far more likely to just push that agenda. Hmm. In other words, like Fox News is is clearly right to the right. Right, but You know what I mean? Just, like CNN like is clearly a- like a left you know, media outlet. So like, obviously whenever something is happening, like, and that's, I mean, it's a slippery slope that we could get into and talk for a very long time about, but like there's people saying that like coronavirus is getting all of this media attention right now because it's an election year and it's tanking the economy, which makes Trump look bad. Yeah. And from a democratic standpoint, that's good. Right. But the thing is, is both Fox News and CNN are talking about it just from different perspectives, depending on who their audience are. So they're still talking about the same thing. But Fox is saying, hey, the economy is tanking, but don't worry about it because your boy is just tanking on him because of Corona. Right. And then CNN saying, no, he's a fucking idiot and is tanking (laughs) because he's a shitty president. Right. You know um, what I mean? And yeah, like, no, it's absolutely true. But, but, the, but the point of the economy is tanking is still the main point. Correct. That they want to get across to the masses. Right, and and that's the thing is like the the economy is tanking because of Corona, but both like those websites are saying, even though the Corona's causing it, Trump sucks or Trump's great. Yeah. Which you know and, it, uh, it is what it is, but that's my point. I don't think they're being controlled. I think they have an agenda, and I think they're just pushing their bias towards their agenda. They're reporting the news, but they're reporting it with bias. Well, I know for certainty that I could talk about this one. I mentioned it, but in another episode, I think it was the PizzaGate one or maybe the Epstein one. But um, in 2015 there was a propaganda bill signed into law by executive order by Obama. You can find it up. You can find this executive order, but basically it is to legalize again, American propaganda in the news. 
Huh? <laughs> hey, man, hit the Honda and all you want. But it, I know what I'm talking button. about. I know. I believe you. I, I, I know what I I'm talking about. 100%. It's, it's a real thing. And, uh, you know, when you bring that up, people look at you and you're just like, they basically, they, they just immediately label you as a right wing retard. But like, you can, fi- you can find it. I believe and, the, the term, oh no, the right wing. Yeah. Yeah. And left uh, wing it, is a libtard. Yeah. Right. Um, but like, I mean, you could, uh, you could pull it up and find the executive order and show it to people. And then they, they'll, they'll find some way to explain it to not be what it really is. And it's, it's just so irritating that we've gotten to this point on both sides. But anyway, I, I digress yeah. at this yeah. point. That's okay. Uh, let's talk about the Panama Papers. Oh, God, the Panama Papers. The thing that should have brought down the elite, yeah. but just didn't. Just didn't. Just, it, it was released, and everyone ignored it. Yeah. But yeah, there are. Talk about, yeah. The Panama Papers are one point, I'm sorry, 11 0.5 million leaked documents that detail financial and attorney-client information for more than 214,488 offshore entities. The documents, some dating back to the 70s, were created by and taken from Panamanian law firm and corporate service provider Mossack Fonseca. These documents contain personal financial information, about wealthy individuals and public officials that had previously been kept private. While offshore business entities are legal, reporters found that some of the Mossack Fonseca shell corporations were used for illegal purposes, including fraud, tax evasion, and evading international sanctions. Yep. Yep, that was a big deal. Uh, When did that happen? 2008? Panama Papers happened... I think it was sometime around that. Yeah. I remember getting really excited when they dropped. Like, really excited when they dropped. Uh, Mossack Data Security. Mossack Fonseca notified its clients on April 1st, 2016, that it had sustained an email hack. Oh, that was a lot sooner than I remember. God, time flies when you're uh, in the world of crazy. I, I, that's the only date that I could see while I was quickly perusing. That's fair. No, I, I, I'll believe it. Yeah. Yeah, that one was. Uh, I, I just remember. Oh yeah, that here came we go. Out. After more than a year of analysis, the first news stories were published on April third, two thousand sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember when these got exposed and 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 dropped online, and people were picking through the Panama Papers and, uh, you know, connecting all the big bads together and uh, really really getting all their ducks in a row. Yeah. And then uh, I forget somebody said. Something was supposed to happen, and then it just never happened, and then it just got swept under the rug, and now it's basically memory hold at this point. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> the way gotta it is, it. man. Gotta love what it. What happens when there's no attention plan, you know? Yeah. Like, dude, it wouldn't surprise me if Epstein was memory hold in two years. Oh, no yeah, joke. I know. No one's going to be talking about Epstein in a couple years. No one's talking about him now. I know. And it happened, what? Less than a year ago. I want to say it happened in November, even like it's something like that. I don't even months. remember. We did the friggin' show on it. I can't even remember when it was. Yeah. Um. All right. Have you ever been to Buffalo, New York? Uh, I believe I've driven through it. Okay. 
Um, I, I know you're not a big sports guy. Yeah. Um, but there is uh, the the football team in Buffalo is called the Bills Mafia or the Buffalo Bills. And their fans yeah. are the Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. <laughs> okay. And what the Bills Mafia is known for is um, they jump off of cars, RVs, campers, trucks, whatever they can get their hands sure. on and put themselves through tables like it is the WWE. <laughs> that's that's what the Bills Mafia is known for. Drinking heavily I love them. and doing that. God, and it just sounds like a bunch of fucking bees. I found the reason why. They, the reason. They, yes, okay. I found the reason why that that Buffalo is the, the place where this is happening. Because a big atom waste site reported found near Buffalo. Okay. Yes. Um, I have the, there's an original, um, and we'll, all of these sites that I'm going to for this information, we're going to put links. This is going to be a very long description with a lot of links in it. Um, but essentially the army had a defense contractor, I'm sorry, the army and a defense contractor dumped more than 37 million gallons of radioactive caustic waste from World War II atomic bomb projects such as the Manhattan Project in shallow wells at Tonawanda, New York, near Buffalo between 1944 and 1946. A New York State Toxic Waste Task Force reported yesterday. And yesterday was February 1st, 1981. Okay. The disposal method was specifically chosen, the panel said, to hide the source of the contamination. The report by the New York State Assembly Task Force on Toxic Substances also offered new data to dispute an earlier Army denial of involvement in dumping at Love Canal in Niagara Falls. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> now, this goes on to say that there have been no reports of health problems around Tonawanda um, directly linked to waste. But um, yeah. it's 40 years later, and grown-ass adults are putting themselves through tables while tailgating at football games. I'm linking it. I'm calling it. Uh, I mean, takes. you can, but I mean, Jr. Coming from a guy who used to drink alcohol with me, yeah, it's true. I don't you think put we yourself were... you put yourself through a table or two. Yeah, I don't think there was any toxic waste around us when we were partying, and I definitely like to break furniture when I drink. So yeah. uh, it just is what it is, man. But you're not from Buffalo, you're right? I'm not, and that's why. You're just a fun person. <laughs> yeah, and maybe. And the people well, of Buffalo, the Bills Mafia, which, by the way, if this ever, if we ever make it big, the Bills Mafia will not be our fans. Because oh, hot takes, guys. the Bills Mafia are radioactive waste babies. Hot takes. I don't agree with that. Uh, and if you guys <laughs> want to do some flips off of RVs through some tables, hit, hit me up. I'll, I'll come. Go you feel me. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. <laughs> I don't have a sports team that I I uh I follow the New Hampshire uh the pigskins. The New Hampshire throwers. Wildcats. Yeah. The Wildcats. <laughs> Are they a baseball team? I don't even know. Wildcats, no. Uh no. might be a hockey team. I don't remember. All right, let's talk about 
The Flying Crowbar. Which sounds kind of like um, a wrestler from like the 1970s. Yeah. The Flying Crowbar. It definitely sounds like a wrestling move for right? sure. Oh yeah. my god, it's the Flying Crowbar! He just dropped the Flying Crowbar! Oh my <laughs> god! What? Like we're joking, but the the flying crowbar was actually an insane doomsday weapon that America almost built. No. Yes. Let me tell. Okay. Let me let me learn I'm you on it. it. Let me learn you on it. Uh, let's see here. Also known as Project Pluto, was uh, at its core a cruise missile. But not just a cruise missile. It was a cruise missile designed around a nuclear ramjet engine. And the acronym for it should give another big clue about the uh, the pants-filling nature of it. SLAM. For supersonic low-altitude missile. Which means that this giant nuclear-powered beast would be screaming around at treetop level... Moving faster than the speed of sound. No way. Yes. Uh, I believe, let me see here. Uh, Yeah. The the nuclear ramjet engine was the key to this whole project. There's no moving parts in the engine. Once the missile was launched with a conventional rocket booster... The air velocity going into the ramjet intake would be fast enough to let the engine function and essentially unshielded nuclear reactor would heat the air as it entered and where it would expand and be expelled out of the engine's nozzle, providing both lots of thrust and plenty of radioactive material. Literally a flying Chernobyl. That sounds terrible. Yes. Yeah, no. No, no one needs a, a nuclear missile faster than the speed of sound. I, believe, fuck your day I, uh, I can't find where I read it, but I'm almost positive it said three times faster. Yeah. Three times faster than... <laughs> no way, man. teleporting? Yeah, dude. Jesus Christ, dude. Well, because they break the sound no. barrier. Like, you can break right. the sound barrier. I think it's like up to five times or something like that, that we've broken the sound yeah. barrier. Right, so like it's times five or whatever. I don't know how it's actually calculated, but we've broken the f- sound barrier. I think like five times now, and this one did three. It's crazy. So that's insane. Yeah, but yeah, this thing almost got built. It was designed by scientists during the Cold War. Like that was their job. They were like, "Build us a giant death machine," and these scientists were like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that way Russia doesn't fuck with them. I'm pretty man. sure that these you scientists know? were also Nazis or former Nazis. Uh, oh, almost for sure. Operation Paperclip. So you know, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> do 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 do. <laughs> All right, and the last one I want to talk about is Operation Sea Spray. Sea Spray. Yes. Okay. Um. Because Operation Sea Spray was a U.S. Navy secret experiment in which Saratia Marquesans and Bacillus Globigli, 
Globigii. Globigii. I don't even know. Uh, they're bacteria. <laughs> two types of bacteria. Okay. They were sprayed over the San Francisco Bay Area in California in the 50s. From September 20th to the 27th, 1950, the U.S. Navy released the pathogens offshore of San Francisco based on the results from monitoring equipment at 43 locations around the city, the Army determined that San Francisco had received enough of the dose for nearly all of the city's 800,000 residents to inhale millions of particles each day of the week, uh, each day during the week of spray. Hmm. So they tested bacterial infections on their own people, the United yeah. States government, and... and armed forces dosed 800,000 people in a city, a very populated city with an illness. Um, in, so this is in September, October, 1950, 11 residents check into Stanford hospital for very rare, serious urinary tract infections. Although 10 residents recovered one patient, Edward Nevin, died three weeks later. None of the other hospitals in the city uh, reported similar spikes in cases, and all 11 11 victims had urinary tract infections following medical procedures, suggesting that the source of their infections lay inside the hospital. Cases of pneumonia in San Francisco also increased, though casual relation has not been conclusively established. The bacterium was also combined with phenol, and an anthrax stimulant and sprayed across Dorset by U.S. and U.K. military scientists as part of the DICE trials, which ran from 71 to 75. Governments do stupid shit, man. Yeah, dude. The ur- by the way, That's- those urinary tract infections were so unusual that Stanford doctors actually wrote it up in a medical journal. No shit. Yep. Terrible. Imagine dying for something that stupid. That person was killed by our armed forces. Edward mm-hmm. J. Nevin was killed by the United States Navy. Yeah. Fucked up, man. That's what this is saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's what this is saying. Yeah. And if that's true, that's fucked up. Well, that should never happen. Everybody calm down. This is not one of JR's hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> not my heart. Not Don't. my hot take. Um, okay, last one. Uh, so that's all for those um, declassified government secrets. So now I'm going to throw some pasta against the wall um, because we have talked about AI. We talked about mm. um, we talked about I don't uh, did I talk about it with you or did I talk about it with Billy? I can't even remember how uh, afraid of deep fakes I am. Um, I think we touched on it briefly in our AI episode. Yeah, I am terrified of deep fakes yeah they're uh, terrified uh, yeah i mean they can they can really hurt or really help someone they can really hurt someone innocent and they can really help someone guilty yeah there's no good so, thing about deep fake right so for for anyone who doesn't know what a deep fake is essentially a deep fake is the technology that is used to impose someone else's face on someone else's body so in other words if you have someone who can do a really good impression voice impression of someone um 
commonly like Donald Trump. You actually, there is technology out there now that can superimpose during an actual video, like an Instagram video or whatever you want to do, a YouTube video, whatever. Um, They can put Donald Trump's face on that person's body, like seamlessly, like it's Donald Trump himself that you're looking at, as long as they got the hair right. Um, And that person can say whatever they want. And it looks like Donald Trump is saying it. Yeah. yeah, That terrifies me for many, many reasons. Um, but it's only a matter of time until this technology is used for blackmail. Yep. If it's not already it, being used for blackmail. There was, um, I don't know if you know this, uh, it got banned, I want to say last year or maybe the year before. Um, but there used to be an entire subreddit of pornography. Deepfakes. Of, of celebrities that obviously didn't make you know, porn. Right. Um, but Just yeah, putting they would be fake celebrities. And that, that in itself is very damaging yeah. because, you know, I mean, it just, check the out so-and-so's sex tape. It. Mm-hmm. Just throw it and out. If they don't know the what world. a deep fake is. They go, Oh, holy shit. I didn't know that exists. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so that, that's where that, so deep fakes are real, obviously like where I, I, you might be asking yourself or you might not if, because I don't even know if anyone's listening, but, you, you might be asking yourself, where's the conspiracy pasta in all of this? Uh, the conspiracy pasta starts, A, with the fact that literally anyone can be taken advantage by this technology. And B, mm-hmm. uh, there is a website out there called thispersondoesnotexist.com. That website is not a deep fake website. What that website is is there is now AI that exists that can generate random photos of people. Those people don't actually exist. Like when you go to this website, thispersondoesnotexist.com, the pictures of people that you see are not real people. They don't exist. It's actual... AI creating people. It's the freakiest thing. Yeah. Like when you come to the realization that like who you're looking at, because it looks like a real friggin' person. Um, yeah. it's, and unfortunately uh, it's I don't, I don't possess the technology. I wish I could just like, because this is a YouTube channel, right? I could just throw it up on the screen here and scroll through it and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I'm going to pretend like I do have that technology and I will do a quick little scroll through of that website at some point or another. And then I will just superimpose it over us as I'm talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> Way to take all the magic out of it. Break that fourth wall, baby. Also, another thing too with uh, this person does not exist.com is it's not perfect. No. Which is yeah, uh, something I think is very strange and very cool at the same time. Um, I find that if it tries to do something like the eye too close to the edge of the of the picture, it gets goofed up and it'll it'll be like a. The best way to describe it is a meat swirl. It's a, a it's a swirl flesh, of a human flesh meat blob. Yes, um, and sometimes the hair doesn't get quite right, so it'll be like a weird hair colored meat lump, and it's uh, it's disturbing because it's very good at what it does. These faces are very convincing. 
It's real. Like it's literally. If you're watching this on YouTube, it is as realistic as you watching us right now. Yeah. Yep. That's that's uh, the only way I can describe. Extremely, extremely realistic, and uh, yeah. On top of it, uh, if if you ever go on the website, just just uh, keep refreshing. You'll find one. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Look at the size yeah, of the picture. You'll, you'll know it when you it see it. It just doesn't know what to. Yeah, it just doesn't know what to do. It's All right, let's. Cool. Chris had a couple that he wanted to talk about as well. Since I've been driving this whole thing, so Chris, take away the uh, the last two we have here. Yes. So since we're talking about AI, deep fakes, and learning machines, um, I wanted to jump into Quake. Uh, it's a copy pasta that I found online. It's clearly off of the X board on 4chan, which is the paranormal board. Okay. Um, JR, have you ever played Quake 3? Quake the video game. Yeah, Quake 3 I've Arena. Never, I've never played any Quakes. No? Nope. It's, it's, uh, it's an older game. Uh, I believe it was out when we were in 6th or 7th grade. Okay. Um, I've heard of it. I've just me- never played it. Yeah, me and my friends, we we used to put it on the school computers uh, on the on the DL on the Sixth network. Sixth or seventh grade, I think I was playing Pokemon Snap. That sounds about right. right. Yeah, N64 that's about the same was time about, frame. Right. Yeah, maybe PlayStation. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, no, that's about right because because they they yeah no that that that, that line. So up. that's where I was at. I was at I was at Mario Kart and Pokemon Snap. So for anyone who doesn't know, Quake Three is a, an arena shooter game multiplayer uh usually played online um and it's, it's, it's just think of any online shooter game you, you shoot for points most points win um like golden however golden eye but yeah. online yeah exactly um a little bit faster pace but yeah so you get the gist um but if you did not have people to play with you can make bots like in uh perfect dark i don't know if you ever played that one no, I haven't played Perfect Dark, but no, also... I, I thought maybe I got one for you, but... No. Uh, but you can make bots, basically. That I wasn't into the first-person shooters that much until no. I got older. So, when you made bots in Quake 3, um, the coolest thing about this game was the bots would learn how you play. They would know, you know, he usually goes for the rocket launcher first, so I need to either avoid the rocket launcher, or if I can find a gun that's closer than the rocket launcher to get to him before he gets to it, I got them. It learns how you play. That's one of the coolest things about Quake Online. So it's an active learning so, AI. Yeah. So the the it, it keeps challenging you as you play. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't just keep uh I guess goofing on the AI. Right. You, AI can't, just, you can't just copy paste. Right. And like like Borderlands, like you find the glitches that make farming really easy. Exactly. Exactly. You know that this guy, uh, basically, after he does a three swing combo, he winds up and you got a free headshot. You know what I mean? It's not something like that. Right. They learn. So, so that's what this is based off of. So here is the conspiracy pasta. It says uh, quick three bots were designed based off an artificial neural network. They would effectively think to figure out the best ways of doing things. They would. See which tactics worked and which didn't, reusing the ones that worked and discarding the ones that didn't. The longer they played, the more they would learn about you, figuring out your patterns, and this would apply towards the other bots as well. <laughs> when I found this out, 
I set up a Quake 3 Arena server on my pirating server just to have 16 bots face each other over and over to see how good they would get. So he never I, actually played. It was just 16 right. bots playing each other. Right. Learning just, from each other. Right. Creepy. So then he says, I set up the server four years ago. It's been running the entire time. I forgot about it until this thread. I'm going to go check on them. Comes back and says, oh, my God. IP. Or, uh, no, someone, I'm sorry. Somebody replies, says, oh, my God, IP. I feel like uh, losing. So they were they were gonna jump on and, and fight the box. Um, irrelevant though. So he writes back and he says, "All right, one sec. I just checked on them, but for some reason all the bots are standing still. I'm gonna try to changing the map. It was cycling through maps automatically, but I guess it got stuck or something." He says, uh, "Somebody replies, says, uh, you know, could, could make sense. I'm not fully buying into this." But what if you said is true? The only winning move logically for them is to not play. Right. And then it says, uh, they learned that the only winning move is to not play. Your precious AI has gone on strike. What now, Puppet Master? <laughs> so it says, uh, so um, somebody replies, maybe they, they've learned that the best technique to survive is to make peace and to stand there with it. Uh, for an eternity, waiting for a purpose or salvation. <laughs> Perhaps they think that a zero to zero kill death ratio is better than that statistically of an inevitable of a one one in all other situations. Right. So uh, the original poster comes back and he says, uh, they know when to fight and to run such as low-health weapons that can't win the situation for them. I just changed the map, and they keep standing still. I have a program that tracks player movements on the server, and they're literally just standing there. I'm going to download Quake 3 Arena and see if they turn back on when I get on the server. Give me a few minutes. So then uh, the ultimate survival strategy developer over four years, nobody dies if nobody kills. They've achieved something we couldn't. World peace. It's true. Um, yeah. And uh, if they had achieved at the point where no tactics were usable against any opponent, they just might. And somebody replies, I bet they all kill you the second you enter because you threaten their coexistence. So it says, uh, another person says, I'm, I'm 100%, I'm 100 sure that if a human joins, they would all, and then uh, they would say, even the teammates uh, would kill the human just because they disturbed the peace. And okay, then, so what happened? So they go, they, they go on to say, I actually really hope that the bots kill the dude entering the server. They go back to being at peace. Uh, that would be proof that they hit a point where they stopped killing each other. And then, uh, hey, server guy, place a new bot. Let's see what happens to it. Disturb the peace, ruin the balance, force them into an endless war. I don't know how to add new bots. I think I'd have to delete an AI coexisting bot. Uh, on that note, I should check those after I'm done with that. Starting up Quake 3 now, rule report in a minute if they kill me. He comes back a couple couple minutes later. Says, 
Okay, that was pretty fucking weird. I joined the server. The box just stood there. But the, the fucked up thing is they would rotate to look at me. I walked around a bit, and they all just kept looking at me. So I grabbed a rail, grunt, a rail gun and, and fragged one of them. They all ran for the nearest weapon, took me down, and the server crashed. Well, I don't know what to say about this. And then uh, basically, the yeah, so uh, he reloaded it back up, um, and the bot's memories basically remembered him, and they kept coming back for him. Uh, so every time he came into the server, they would kill him. Right. But if he wasn't so, in the server, they were just still standing still. They would just stand there. They'd stand still. So um, Did he plant another AI? Did he delete one of the AIs and plant another one? So even better, because I believe he he went to go delete one of the AIs. So he comes back in. He says, oh, God, I just checked the AI log. Each bot has a separate one. They're each 512 megabytes. Now, Quake 3 is an old game. Yeah, that's a lot. 512 that's a lot for, for an old game. Back then was a lot of memory. So I think I also think that was probably the cap of what was allowed yeah. for their memory. So they had a memory cap. Um, so yeah, replies, each of them I want... are all the same, probably. Right. Um, so it just says, uh, I want to believe, show me proof. So he uploads a picture of his folder in Windows. And those are the data files showing how much, uh, basically, how big the, the files are. Right. Um, so he says, uh, you know, sorry, my machine is acting slow as fuck right now. Took me forever to get to the screen. And then the very last post says, um, they're not those kinds of logs. They're tactical logs based on what has worked and what hasn't worked for battle. For all intents and purposes, they're memory. Man, it's. 512 megabytes per bot, 16 bots, 8 gigs of information. The semi-sentient fuckers should be glad that I haven't decided to delete them for taking up space on my hard drive. And that's the end. But, I don't know, man. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was extremely interesting, just to know that a video game from I want to say, God, what was that? 1999, 2000? Um, that fully drives home the, uh, Skynet. Right. Right. That fully drives home that entire AI theory of Skynet and, and all the theories of AI. The only way AI protects, protects humans is to kill all humans because humans in their nature are violent and the only way to right. bring peace amongst them are to have them not exist. Exactly. That's essentially like almost every sci-fi robot, robot conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. But that's that like is proof of that hypothesis, yeah, right? Like if, if given the chance, if it's and, – and my – the interesting thing for me would be – if there was an experiment done with like one random constantly regenerated AI. Right. right. So it's not the same person coming in. It's a regenerated AI, meaning that it's a new identity every time randomly created, introduced with 15 other bots that are mm -hmm. all the same. 
Yeah, have right? the same memory. Have the same memory. But they're all they're all put in at the same time, right? But 15 of them are constant. One of them is not. After a significant amount of time, do the other bots only kill that one bot? Or is the chaos that that one bot brings enough to keep all of the bots in constant chaos? Right. Or if there's some sort of friendly fire that gets one of the bots and then that sucks up their programming to think, okay, well, I took damage from this bot, so now he's an enemy, thus right, now like, putting two, two of them against each other. You put one bot in and that bot's the only aggressor, mm-hmm. but it's a different aggressor every time. Right. Do these bots realize then this this bot's not attacking me? These other 14 bots aren't attacking me, but this one bot is. And so I never have to attack these other 14 bots. I just have to protect myself from the one random bot that comes in, if that's the case. You know what right. I mean? Like, is it that way? Or, or, or does every random bot join, see the other robots at peace, and say, I'm good with that? Yeah. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. Like what I would love Doesn't to see simulate. that experiment because then it would really confirm or deny the the elimination of the human species theory right. Right. by AI. Like that's either going to drive it home or go, no, see, it doesn't matter if it's human or not. This variable is what makes it or breaks it. It's the constant chaos. Is it because it's constant chaos or does it not matter? Because the AI understands the AI. Yeah. If that even no, makes sense. I, it does. It makes total sense. I would also like to see something like that, like a controlled experiment, yeah. just to see, is it chaos? Does it load in and immediately go, hold on, there's no fighting, so I, what do I fight for? Right. Like, uh, I know I'm programmed yeah. to fight, but these guys aren't fighting, so why would I fight? Yeah. And these guys have been around longer. Like, does it know that they've been around or what? I'd be so, very, yeah. I'd be very interested to see that being an actual experiment taking place. Um, right. But let's so, let's go let's go to the last one. So yeah, that one was just again that was just co- coffee pasta. Who knows if it's true or not? Um, this one now transitions into uh, just the con, just gaming in general. Okay. Um, it's silly, so bear with me. Again, coffee pasta. Nothing's real, alleged. So it says, uh, let me get this straight. Zoe Quinn and other famous connected to the Silver String Media PR group. Silver String has a connection to D-I-G-R-A, a.k.a. the Digital Games Research Association. The D-I-G-R-A is receiving funding from DARPA and for the purposes of game simulating how to socially engineer people. Gamergate happened. Wait, what? And there's... Okay, so uh, DARPA, right? Okay, so So, go back... So (laughs) you lost me at creating people? (laughs) No, no, okay. So um, basically what this is saying is uh, there is a PR group Yep. That is in bed with a digital games research association. Okay. Who is in bed with DARPA. 
Now, for anyone not knowing, because because I, I mean I know what DARPA is, but the some of the people listening probably don't. So, right. So they're they're basically it's it, I believe it's uh it's a defense. It's it's a it's a it's a branch of military for advanced research projects agencies, uh, okay. a military agency. Gotcha. So that's what DARPA is. Huh? So it. Huh? <laughs> I hate you so much for that. <laughs> anyway, it's my favorite button ever. Oh, I know because you, you can tell it rustles my jimmies immediately. Yep. <laughs> so basically, that first line is saying. There's a there's a PR group in bed with a digital games research group in bed with the military. Okay. Which should not happen. Right. And it says for the purpose of games simulating how to socially engineer people. Socially okay, socially engineer people. Yeah. So that means you're you're shaping Trying. people's um personalities. Via video, via game. video game. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, I, I, that that sentence lost me, but now I'm on track. Got you. Okay. Uh, so, do you remember GamerGate by any chance? No. No. I have no idea um, what you're talking about. GamerGate was. Uh, do you remember when Overwatch was in pre-development? Yes. Um, Tracer had the butt pose. The butt do you know what I'm talking about at all? Tracer is Tracer, a character she, in Overwatch. Yeah. That's the one so that can when you like, would, go back in time. Yep. So slightly. when you would win a game, all your characters at the end screen do a pose. would basically do a pose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of Tracer's was she would look over her shoulder with her gun and like, you know, you know, flexing her butt kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. nice little you know, nice little booty some, shot. Some, some booty going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh women didn't like that, right? It sexualizes women, whatever, whatever. Um, I could go on all day about how this is it obje- it, it was whatever. objectifying that's the yeah yeah it's an objectifying yeah. pose um right right for, which for, I don't from disagree a cartoon with. right but again whatever sure. it is what it is it's it, gamergate happens so so it says gamergate happens and there's censorship everywhere mm-hmm. censorship to a degree you wouldn't expect for something like this when GameSpot was found to be in bed with makers of Kane and Lynch, do you remember that game? Kane and Lynch. It was a shitty co-op Xbox 360 game. It did really bad. What was the premise? Was it like two guys that went around killing people? Something like that. One of them was bald with sunglasses and a beard, and the other one just had like long stringy hair. Yeah, I remember uh, it. I, I yeah, did. I remember it. It it did really really bad. Um, so. Basically, GameSpot, the company, was found to be in beds with the makers of Kane and Lynch, and it was talked about everywhere with no repercussion. So it says, why would these events, who largely only affect the indie scene, receive such harsh censorship? Right. Fast forward a few weeks, and there was a very concerted effort to discredit gamers. On the very same day, articles across multiples of websites came out saying the same thing. Quote, gamers are dead. It was a very obvious PR stunt orchestrated by someone meaning to destroy our credibility by lumping us all in with the idiots who post hateful things. This, by large, is ineffectual, and basically, we still pursued the issue. Right. 
So then it says, uh, a couple of days after the articles were released, so began the fappening. Are you familiar with what that was? I, I only remember the fappening was like a subreddit. So the fappening sure, was isn't fappening like isn't fapping the English term for masturbation? Yes. Like so, a slang. You remember when there was the uh the Apple breach? Yeah, and that website came out with all like the celebrity um naked photos that they got from yes. like the cloud. To the internet that was known as the fappening. Ah, it was okay. you know, yep, it yep, happened yep, and yep, everyone yep, was masturbating. Yep, yep, it's yep, stupid. But yep, you know, the fappening. Yep, it, it's got yep. a good ring. So, I forget what that website uh, was called, but yes, I remember that. I believe it was just called thefappening.com or something like that. Might have been. Yeah. Um, so again, a couple a couple of days after the articles were released, so began the fappening. So mm. this happened after gamers put down the, the naysake and bad talk against gamers. They released the fappening, or the fappening happened, I should say. Okay. 4chan was the site that the leakers used to post all the nudes. It could clearly be traced back to 4chan, and as many articles came out saying that uh, 4chan was the sewer of the internet. Again, okay. we're discredited, we're monsters. The big question remains, who has access to these photos, and how did they get them? Right, because they're just being yeah. passed around on this website. They didn't right. produce For, any of them. 4chan didn't like create them. Because yeah, this they is long before, right? This is long before like a deep fake even existed. So, yeah. someone cracked and hacked the cloud, and then yep. they that person distributed dumped and dumped them 4chan. either. Yeah, and then 4chan just started passing them around, passing them around, and 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 getting everyone's attention on it. Right. Um. So then it, it finishes up saying, saying, what organization would have access to so much information? Edward Snowden has talked about how multiple people working with him for the NSA used to pass around pictures they found of beautiful women. There isn't a database on Earth larger than the one at the NSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been monitoring civilians. Okay. They have easy access to all of this data explaining away how pictures not put onto Apple would have been on iCloud. So tr- the NSA has a very convenient excuse as to why pictures that weren't originally on an Apple device were on an iCloud. Right. Because essentially, them- so what they're saying is, what, what this um, pasta is saying is that the NSA created the fappening? Basically, because but blamed it because like not on, every one of those celebrities had an iPhone, right? Is essentially what it is. But right. the claim was the cloud, the Apple cloud, was hacked, and that's how yeah. all of these photos or videos or whatever got leaked. Exactly. But how exactly. could how could something right? So like how could something on an Android end up in the cloud? Right. Exactly. And how much because, time do you have to organize all that data? Right. That, also, Apple a lot. <laughs> came out and stated that they didn't find a breach in their service. So 
no one hacked Apple services. Yeah, but okay, take that one with a grain of salt though, because if Apple comes out and says, "Oh shit, yeah, we were hacked." Apple stock takes a huge plunge. Yeah, happened to Sony though, and they're fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Uh, not to say that you know it, it couldn't just but be Apple trying to save face. Apple, like Apple, is one of those companies where like security is a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, remember, like Apple computers. At one point, Apple computers were like, we're better than Windows computers because Windows computers were like all the rage. Right? It went from Apple is here, like the first computers, and you can get mm-hmm. your your Macintosh and and have it at home and surf the internet and blah blah blah. And then the Windows computers were like, let's make this super easy, and they started getting super easy and cheap. And then Apple came out and went, well, that's all well and good, but look at how many viruses they get, and we don't get viruses. And that was right. a huge thing that Apple like built their empire or rebuilt their empire, whatever you want to call it. But they they that's yeah that's a cross that they wanted to die on, or a hill they wanted to die on, a cross they wanted. To, and that makes sense. A hill they wanted to and die makes, on. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense too because of the whole. Um, that was the other thing that happened not too long ago. Uh, the government wanted backdoors into all Apple products, and they said, "Fuck no, hell no, yeah. no way." Um, but <laughs> again. And then at the very but that's very why end there's of it, a lot of companies now, like because BlackBerry is uh, essentially dead. Um, yeah, I th- they're gone. Think the government doesn't even use them anymore. Um, and the iPhone is now the new encrypted telephone. BlackBerry. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so at the very end of this, it says, "My question for you is, why are we being so harshly silenced? What are we close to discovering?" And how deep does the rabbit hole actually go? I do love a good rabbit hole. Because, again, to, to, to start from the beginning, it's a media, a PR group in bed with a game research association in bed with the military. Right. Gamergate happens, censorship on all these games start happening, and then it's discovered that these articles who are writing and reviewing all these games are in bed with the game makers. Right? So they're pushing the games that they want you to play. Okay. So when they push that angle of saying, hey, stop writing to us, stop telling us what to play, stop telling us what not to play, we're not interested, they push back and say, gamers are dead, gamers are bad. We don't like gamers. Another PR stunt. Look what they're doing. Look at how awful these people are. So, again, the gamers come out and they discredit what they're saying by saying, no, we're not bad and we're not. We're trying to expose what you're doing here. Then they take the nuclear option and begin the fappening and just start saying, well, no, look, they're passing these around. So, obviously, they're all monsters. And that wins the public opinion. So what were they close to discovering? Well, that these game makers are conditioning our brains. Interesting. Potentially, right? So that's, I mean, that's, that's where the allegation. That's essentially that we're being conditioned right. by the game developers at the behest of the United States government or multiple right. governments. Uh, this thread gets five replies and then gets closed. 
Interesting. Now, usually, usually, when these things get closed, it's because they're either dead or they hit a post limit. Right. When they hit a post limit, I don't think I the think post the limit post, is five. Yeah, the post limit is something like three hundred. <laughs> um, and it definitely wasn't dead because the replies come in succession. Right. This thread was closed for a reason. So, That's interesting. Just a little something. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of weird video game conspiracies like that out there. Um, but the that wall, one man. I thought was interesting. Throw it at the wall. That yeah, one sticks for me. Wall. That's interesting. Right. Yeah, we got some good ones. Um, you know what is is weird is that this show has made me more and more, or I should say, less and less skeptical of conspiracies. Yeah, like the A more, bit more the more we do, the more we do these, the more I'm like, huh, that's actually feasible. No, that's plausible. Like, cause, makes you less trusting. Yeah, because like. Uh, you know, when we first started doing this, it was part, you know, it was just like, yeah, sure, whatever, okay, blah, blah. Yeah. And now I'm the skeptic, JR. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, let me put my skeptic hat on here because I don't believe it. And now it's like, the more we get into this, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but that I stuff like two. what we talked about comes out too with like the, the, the shit the government has actually done, declassified files. Like that yeah. exists. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, yeah, I got I got two short ones if you if you want them. And no, let's save them for next time because we've already we're at like over an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> okay, we can save them for next time. Yeah. Um, uh, I will warn I wanna, you. I don't want hey. this to turn into a, a two-hour podcast. That's fair. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Mystery Inner History podcast. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed our uh, conspiracy pasta part two <laughs> episode or second little yeah. um, but uh, we will see you next time and for Chris Berry huh I'm J.R. Supa uh, I'm I'm huh <laughs> we will see you next time bye I hate you so much I love you too Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions or topics for us to cover, email us at fourguysmedianetwork at gmail.com. If you're on the go, you can subscribe to our shows on iTunes. Be sure to check out our Patreon page, Four Guys Media Network, for access to exclusive content like minisodes and more. We have a lot of goals to hit, so we can keep improving and continue providing more content ad-free. So all of your donations are greatly appreciated. Make sure you subscribe to the Four Guys Media Network YouTube channel for all of our other projects by clicking the link on the right. And lastly, if you want to watch another episode, just click the link on the left. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.